Welcome to Engaging Culture, a podcast presented by Bridgeway Christian Church. I'm Brian Kiley. Today, Pastor Lance Hahn and I will be talking about depression and anxiety. There have been a number of high-profile situations in the last uh, year or two with Christian leaders dealing with depression uh, and even taking their own lives. And we want to talk about uh, these issues and how the church can be a safe place for those struggling with depression and anxiety and some practical ways uh, that we can seek out health mentally, physically, and in all these other way. So we'll be talking about that on this episode of Engaging Culture. All right. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Engaging Culture podcast. Brian Kiley joined, as always, by... The mighty Pastor Lance Hahn. Uh, yes. Yes, I am here, everyone. Yes. You can be at peace. You can be at peace. Now that I'm here. I would love to wear Lance a cape, except for it always seems like it would get wrinkled. It would get wrinkled. It'd probably get caught on things. <laughs> Every it time just, I get in the car, it would, I, it, yeah, yeah. it just keeps getting caught in the door. That's just uncomfortable. It just is not, it's not very superhero-y, really. D- yeah. Can I just confess something? Please um, do. Just because we're on air yeah, and everybody's live. watching. That's right. Um, I used to... Iron all my jeans. I don't know if I if everybody needs to know that, but I, I used to have kind of like a cleanliness, like a little over the top there. Okay, and I would iron my t-shirts, like white t-shirts that went under my dress shirts. I would iron those as well. Wow. Yeah. So just letting you know. Wow. I'm a little neurotic about wrinkles myself, but that's <laughs> okay. boy, that's next level. So, it is. Uh, well, you know, confession is good for the soul. It so is good. Glad for the you soul. Could get that out. All right. So we are going to talk. Mental health today, obviously, that is a certainly an area of, of passion for you, yeah. and and you've written How to Live in Fear, of course, and you've talked a lot about mental health. Uh, I have my own experiences with mental health, just with myself and my family and everybody else, and and unfortunately, what brings this up is recently the the passing of Jared Wilson, who yes. is a, a real prominent guy in the Christian community, r- r- young guy, was only 30, yes. but had written a bunch of books, had a huge platform, had done so much good ministry, even had, he and his wife had founded an organization for those dealing with depression and yes. suicidal thoughts. Anthem of Hope. And, yeah, Anthem of, Anthem of Hope. And and tragically, uh, he, um, he passed away recently uh, from taking his own life. And, and that obviously has, has rocked a lot of us within uh, the Christian community, certainly within you know those close to him of course but man seeing a high profile leader struggle in that way and then the tragedy of him uh, taking his own life and there was gosh it was only I mean maybe a year or two ago that another young guy similar yes. profile uh, in the Southern California area as well took yep. his own life and you hear these stories and it just Ugh, it just kind of makes you sick to your stomach yeah. and it raises the the issue of gosh in in church world we need to figure this out in the sense of we need to something right. needs to be done to bring more attention to issues of depression and anxiety yeah. and more needs to be done for for Christians to know and especially I think Christian leaders to know that it's safe to talk about these things. Uh, so I guess my, my first question f- for you, Lance, is just in your own processing, given both your background with your panic disorder, your background in serving those in the mental health community. Oh, right, right. I mean, you hear about this news. Obviously, it is an incredible tragedy for his family, for everybody involved. Take me through kind of your own processing of it. What, what was sort of your reaction when you heard about this? Well, uh, a couple things flew through my mind. One of them was I wanted to make sure that when you have people on different sides of an issue, some that are um, understanding of mental health and they want to 
kind of make things better. And then some people that come in from a very stigma based perspective and are a little bit more condemning and judgmental. What I wanted was I desperately wanted Jared's story to be told accurately and rightly. I do not know his full story. What I do know is that he was out there um, publicly trying to create awareness, trying to create empathy, understanding, information, educating, right? So he's doing his best. And what I didn't want was people to say, oh, he was lying because he ended up taking his own life that and oh well there's a hypocrisy it's not hypocrisy what he was doing is saying listen i have a real struggle this is deep down if i'm suffering maybe there are millions more like me and i'm not going to remain silent anymore yeah i'm going to publicly help a lot of people and he did exactly that i want to give that man honor i want to make sure that that it is clear to everybody that when you lose a struggle in a battle like this that is it's not a matter of giving up and saying it's not worth it stuff like that right because i I, uh, what i really desperately wanted everyone to understand is the concept of irrationality the concept of irrational thoughts so that's where it triggered back into my world because i know what irrationality feels like when i have panic disorder it is not a logical progression you can't talk yourself out of it right there's something going on in your system if you would picture it a little bit more like um so back in the 80s they would have uh movies where people would get truth serum i don't know if you remember (laughs) that i don't even know if that's even a thing but um they always used it i know of that as a nickname for something else but not literal (laughs) truth serum not literal truth serum um but it's the idea that you can inject chemicals into a body and you can alter the thoughts of someone think about ingesting hallucinogenics and it creates something and you can't think your way out of it you can't think your way out of a hallucination you can't logically think your way out of when you receive chemicals in your body now what it's doing is it's interacting with your body's own chemistry right some of us have broken chemistry that our bodies do not self-regulate. And so what you can control, I can't control. Right. And everyone assumes that everyone thinks the same way. Yep. So when when Jared's struggle came out and we found out that he took his own life, it's not a matter of him telling everyone, oh, there's hope for you, there's hope for you. And then there wasn't yeah. for him. Yeah. It was a matter of, for whatever reason, that he was unable or could not receive enough help within his system to be able to combat the irrational thoughts. Right. So anyway, I just, uh, the first thing, my heart went out to the family and my heart went out for his reputation. Yeah. I desperately wanted him to be seen as the hero that he is. Yeah. And not just as someone that had failed. Yeah. Yeah. And I I completely agree. And obviously that that's critically important. I, I, I find this so uh, so often, and it's so sad, and I, and I see this even in myself from time to time, even though I try really, really hard to, to prevent it, is is just the concept, it's, it's easiest to condemn that which we don't struggle with. Absolutely. Right? So I, I have to imagine that those that are quick to condemn somebody like this, those who are, so those who are quick to say, oh, he just gave up or, oh boy, it's just, you know, I've heard, heard suicide described as the ultimate act of selfishness and right. all these other, uh, kind of all this language we use. I just have to assume that that's largely coming from folks who just don't know what it's like to yes. struggle in that, in that way. And, and I, and I, I, 
I want to be careful to not paint with too broad of a brush here. There may be exceptions sure, to that, but but I think that that more often than not, those who want to write it off or those who want to say, oh well, you know, why are we seeking mental health treatment? Just pray more and it'll get better and all of that. Right. I, I just have to imagine that most of those people have not been in that dark place, so it's harder to have compassion. Now, I think part of maturity is recognizing that everyone's struggle is different. Yes, so we can. So there, I mean, certainly there are any number of struggles that, that we can't understand, especially right. for, I don't have a panic disorder right. specifically. So right. I don't have firsthand knowledge nope. of what you deal with. Right. However, I can have compassion on it knowing that exactly. we all face things and I've heard you describe it to me and it, yep. and it's, and it's awful and all yes. these different things you have to do. And that really, we have to just be careful. I think for those that are prone to, to, to kind of, you know, stand in judgment over someone like this, that that's first of all, just not appropriate Uh, Second of all, it's probably based in the fact that we just don't understand. Well, and the reason I wrote that first book, uh, How to Live in Fear, Mastering the Art of Freaking Out, the reason I wrote that book, one of the primary keys was to break through stigma. Yeah. And um, here on Engaging Culture, we talk about how do you look at the world through a Christian lens? And unfortunately, this is one of those scenarios where the church has really, they're way behind. They've got it wrong. And a lot of times it is because uh, people are reading scripture inaccurately. Hmm. So, for example, uh, Jesus says, don't be anxious about anything. So they automatically think that has to do with anxiety disorders. Yeah. And you go, well, first of all, the people that are, um, the people that are translating the Bible are not uh, mental health Experts, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're not trying to use the word for that. They're trying to say worry. That Jesus said, don't worry. uh, And they use the word anxiety. So when they hear other people use the phrase anxiety, oh, I have an anxiety problem. They go, oh, well, Jesus said, don't (laughs) do that. Don't you know the Bible says don't be be anxious? Well, I've heard that a million (laughs) times in my life. Is that helpful? Oh, it's... (laughs) Really irritating. <laughs> Sorry to uh, even ask you. Yes, it was. It's so bad. It made me spend years writing a book. Yeah, that's how bad it was. Yeah. Um. But think about it this way, because people go, "Well, that that's what the Bible says." Think about the stigma on epilepsy. Um. There mm. is a there is a Bible passage where Jesus cures a young boy that was epileptic and had a demonic possession. For how long was epilepsy associated with demon possession? Mm, yeah. And yet it is a medication balance. You can balance it with medication. It's a medical condition. Now, was Satan making it worse and taking advantage of the boy's epilepsy or was the boy um, exhibiting epileptic symptoms because of his possession? Okay. Sure. But when you read that in the Bible and you go, oh, all epilepsy is demonic possession. Yeah, no. <laughs> that is akin to everyone saying the Bible says don't be anxious, so stop doing it. You should right. be a better Christian. You should have more faith. If you had more faith, you wouldn't struggle with things like depression. The Bible right. says he gave us joy and it would be to the full. Yeah. So anything less than that. Uh, the Bible says, and this is these are all the unfortunate, ignorant comments out there. The yep. Bible says, and I received one recently that said, uh, the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. If you don't have freedom, you don't have the spirit of the Lord. Okay, that type of stuff uh, <laughs> being sent to me, it's the reason yeah. why I went out publicly as a as a pastor of a large church. Yeah. I went out publicly to said, you want to battle on scripture? That is my wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm in a doctoral program for a reason, and I really know the Bible backwards and forwards. But that type of stuff emotionally as a human being yeah. 
is so hard to hear. And that stigma and weight, you're not good enough yeah. because you wrestle, uh, is all is a blanket that lays upon the whole church, yeah. uh, at least in America, I would say, throughout the world. Yeah, and, and for those who don't, th- again, those who aren't in the struggle, and, and, and those who would want to provide either trite, responses to very real challenges or those who would i'll give them the benefit of the doubt unknowingly misuse scripture yep again i I don't know that there's a realization of how how even if the heart is to help how harmful those types of comments are and and i think when we're dealing with sort of anybody's struggles to recognize that they're complex and that is scripture a resource for facing the struggles of life Obviously, we of believe course. that it is. Like, yeah. yes and amen yes. times a thousand. Like, that's kind of what we do is help uh, people connect with scripture to, yes. to connect with God and face the challenges of their lives. So obviously, we believe in that. Yes. Uh, however, when we're pulling passages out of context, right. when we're trying to generalize what is in, what is specific, obviously, that's problematic. Yes. Now, you wrote a post uh, in Jared's memory that yes. was, that was uh, just fantastic a couple of days after it happened. And... As soon as I read it, I thought, and I and I, I caught it pretty early when it came online. I thought this is gonna, I think this is gonna go some places. Like mm-hmm. people are gonna really resonate with this, and, and certainly that proved to be the case. There were, I mean, I, I haven't checked recently, but you know, tons and tons of comments. It reached, I think you told me something like twenty eight thousand people. Yes. Uh, what did you learn from the reaction that you got to that post, and just the comments people left, and, and things like that? Um, well, once again, I want to be very clear on why I wrote it. I'm just sitting in my kitchen. Yeah. And um, I knew that there was some there were some folks from our church that are very close to the family. Yeah, I knew my heart for Jared because of what he stood for. Yeah. So I wrote it once again. I want to be very clear on this. I wrote it to protect people I love, um, which is you guys. We need to get ourselves some help. Uh, to help break stigma and to protect his reputation. That's why I wrote it. I did not write it for it to go viral or anything like that. But the idea that it was shared 225 times, Mm -hmm. 28,000 people reached, that kind of thing. What I learned is that people now are being empowered to talk about their situation. So we had people on that list, and you can just, it's on my public Facebook page because I have a private one and a public one. Mm -hmm. And there are people on there sharing their own struggles openly. Yeah. They and some of them even said I'm going to go out on a limb here mm. because once again, you're speaking in front of 28,000 people <laughs> and you're telling I have brokenness too. Yeah. I'm struggling here. I've been suicidal. And so it it brought it in not only the amount of depression. I think we all knew that depression is massive. We all knew that anxiety was massive. But I don't think everyone thinks of suicidal thoughts being massive. Yeah. So I think that that is one thing that became an awareness and that people are willing to talk about it now. And thank the Lord that he has encouraged popular people, people in the media, people that are considered celebrities, to be sharing this out loud now to yeah. where it's not uncool to be honest. Right. Yes, I think you're right about that. And that... Uh, it, it's such a tragedy that it takes something like this to make right. this happen, of course. But the fact of the matter is, some of the some of the good that can come from just horrific evil is that it creates openness for others who are struggling to to talk. And I and I think yes. it's been really helpful to hear. I mean, I agree with you. Different leaders from across uh, from across this you know kind of the spectrum of 
church world talking about this and sharing some of their own struggles and letting people know it's okay and letting people know that that, that the churches are safe places. Right. And, and again, and to go back to it, sharing specifically of their own stuff. Yes. Because I mean, you know this because because it's such a core part of your ministry that you create safety for people to deal with their own stuff by sharing your your stuff. stuff. Yes. Right. And that's not not in a way where you're just like vomiting on people, nope. but in a way where you're just like, this is who I am. Yes. This is real. Here's how I've dealt with it. Here have been the struggles. And that that is, I think, for those of us that have a platform to be able to talk to people, I think that's one of the most helpful gifts we can give just to help people know as 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 is your hashtag, you know, right. you're not alone. You're not alone. Yeah. You're not you're not uh, you're not the only yeah, one. Yeah, there is um the the wisest, most healthy people I've ever seen share about their struggles share only the information that is helpful to others, right. meaning they're thinking of other people first yeah. before vomiting their own thoughts. Right. There are appropriate places for us to share all of our things. Sure. Um, and it isn't always to the first person we just met. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, I don't need to talk about my darkest hours um, with everyone. Right. But I will say that if that's all you can do is just get your story out, that's still beautiful. Right. It, you don't have to be professional in everything you do. You don't have to do everything exactly right. right. I just don't want anyone suffering in silence right. all by themselves. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think so obviously your Facebook post got a lot of traction. Right. Different other posts I've seen on social media have gotten a lot of traction. I've sat in the room and listened to you talk about some of your own uh, challenges, you know, things related to, to, to the book and everything else. And I've seen the reaction people have had. And then I had an experience this last sun, this last Sunday that was pretty interesting yeah. to me. So I was out of town this weekend up in Montana for my grandfather's funeral. And there is a, a church right down the street from where my grandparents used to live called Fresh Life Church. It's very well known. They've got campuses all over Montana and a few other places. And their pastor is a guy by the name of Levi Lusco, who our listeners may have heard of. I think he's on like K-Lover or one or one of those stations. Anyway, he's a pretty, pretty prominent uh, figure in the Christian community. And so we go to his church and I'm sitting there listening to him and then they're in a series on uh, First Peter. And he starts talking about the verse in First Peter, which I don't have it in front of me. It's like somewhere between like 12 and 15, where he talks about uh, the idea of, of <laughs> it's sort of a weird expression, but the gird up your loins for action, right. kind of prepare your minds for action and yes. be sober minded. And he, he used that to talk for probably five to seven minutes about mental health. He was someone who knew Jared personally. He had, he was grappling with his own sense of a few days before Jared passed, feeling like he needed to reach out to him and he didn't. Just the whole thing. It was on, on some level just very sad to see. Obviously, this has affected Levi in a very profound way. But he talked about how the church has to be a safe place for those struggling with mental health. How in the same way that you go to a doctor for a broken leg, you yes. go to a doctor for anxiety. That's and it's right. just, do we pray? Of course. Does God heal? Of course. But they're just, it would be ridiculous to say the reason you broke your leg is because you don't trust God enough and didn't pray enough, exactly. right? And in the same way, it, for depression, anxiety, bipolar, all of these things, yes. it's the same kind of idea. And and here we are, we're in this room, and just seeing the response of people in the room was amazing. People are clapping, they're applauding, they stood up. There's yes. this standing ovation, and and again, having seen this, whether it's online or in personal environments, the response from people to me. I don't think that's just overflowing compassion. I mean, that's no. part of it. I, no. you know, yeah, I, sure. I, I hope it's a lot of it. But what I really believe that is, is it's people saying, yeah, me too. Yes. I'm, I'm struggling too. 
and I need to know that the church is safe. Yes. And and I think that as that continues to happen, as this gets talked about more, you know, my hope is those those who would be dismissive would would be drowned out and and, and more importantly, hopefully be transformed to a greater place sure. of empathy and compassion. But all of these experiences I've had are just such a profound reminder to me of people are dealing with this stuff everywhere. Yes. And they're wondering, is it, is it okay for me to admit it? Yes. And the church has to be a place where the answer to that question is yes. Yes. Uh, and, and right off the bat, um, we need to understand what it means to have fallible humanity and a great God. Yeah. I think we need to understand uh, and keep taking off the table that conversation of if you only had more faith. I think that's the stuff that, that kills me. Let me talk a little bit about that idea Um because I share it in my teaching for years now, the idea that if you break your leg, you wear a cast. Right. And people, because uh, a lot of people go, well, medication's a crutch. Of course it's a crutch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I need a crutch because I'm broken. Um, and, and so as opposed to that being an insult, I kind of see it as a practicality. Yeah. Um, if I had cerebral palsy, um, I may need some balancing sticks. I may need yeah. some type of crutches to help me walk. Right. Um, that doesn't mean I don't have enough faith. It means that I'm trying to be a proper steward to have a quality of life the, with a body that God gave me. Right. The same people that will um, talk about, well, you, you know, you shouldn't use medication for depression and anxiety are the ones that are using insulin for diabetes. <laughs> um, and yeah. you go, well, my body doesn't regulate. Well, that's exactly my exactly. point. Um, uh, blood analogy. pressure medication, stuff like that. Yeah. And you have to understand that there's some people on blood pressure medication and it has nothing to do with their salt intake. It's how they they were born. Yep. They're on. I know one personally that that has this, and they've had it since they were very very young. They've always had to take blood pressure medication. because yeah. people always want to point a blame that the reason you're having struggles is you did something wrong. Right. Um. And so now, I personally uh, take medication, and one of the things that I shared, I take medication every day, have for over twenty years. And I, I shared with a number of people this last weekend because the conversation came sure. up right at church. And I said, if I don't take medication, Bridgeway doesn't exist. Yeah. You just need to understand that. The, the, the tens of thousands of people impacted by Bridgeway Christian Church over the last two decades, yeah. um, I would venture to say it's much even higher than that. Yeah. Uh, none of that happens yeah. because my quality of life instantly shrinks right. to where I'm not going to have this job. Yeah. I will not be in ministry. Yeah. And it's because my body can't regulate and it right. goes into an irrational and then my body begins to collapse yeah. and fall apart. So when, when people say you should just tough it out, toughing it out isn't a thing. Right. Uh, you can't tough out. Um, it's the same idea that if you do not care for a broken leg yeah. um, and you tough it out, right. um, you're going to do extra damage. So, yeah. for example, <clears throat> I remember reading back there was a doctor that wrote a book on um, leprosy and it was talking about the the blessing of pain hmm. because leprosy oh, yeah. ultimately removes pain from your body. Yep. And he was saying that the reason why a lot of times you, you have that old stereotype of people losing limbs and stuff like that yeah. is he said, when you don't have any indicators and you walk on a broken leg and you start breaking stuff, it can't heal. Yeah. And then you, you exacerbate the situation and then infection comes in and all that. Yeah. Well, in the same way, you don't. You can't just tough out your body inability to regulate. That's like trying to tough out 
type one diabetes, right? You'll just die. Yeah, it is not. It's not how it works. That's but, not how. That's not how it works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 I think that that's you know we get back to the stigma component. I was in another conversation just in the last couple of days with with somebody who has recently begun to get just some treatment for yeah. some some mental health challenges, and what was said to me was that one of the big blocks that they had to overcome was sort of this sense of, well, I should just be able to tough this out. Yes. And and sort of having to admit to themselves yes. that they that they couldn't and feeling like that was some sort of a, well, I guess I'm not enough kind of a thing. Yes. And and my response to them was, first of all, I'm proud of you for recognizing Amen. that it is not your job to tough it out. Yes. And that what you were dealing with, much like in the broken leg analogy, uh, that is not something to be toughed out. That is something nope. to receive treatment for. Absolutely. And the other, the other uh, kind of barrier was, well, does is this for the rest of my life? Yes. And, and I think to go back to the analogy of sort of physical health, there are some of us. There are people at Bridgeway every weekend who fit this category who are. Uh, facing physical medical conditions that yes. they will be dealing with unless God heals them. That's right. For the rest of their life. For the rest of their and life. And they'll be under medical care. Some of it very, yep. uh, very intense. Some of it infrequent. And that's just how it's going to be. There are others who might be walking with a cast. There are others who that's might right. uh, be limping. There are others who might have a cold. Things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Where if they don't pay attention to them. Yes. They're going to continue to negatively affect them for a very long time, but with a short course of treatment and appropriate treatment, they can get to the point where now they don't need treatment anymore. And I'm not a mental health expert, but I know enough to know that these things run the gamut, right? Yes. That maybe you will need treatment for the rest of your life. Right. Maybe it's a monthly check-in with a therapist. Maybe it's a year of therapy and a year of medication, and then you're fine. I mean, I, I don't want to get into the details because I because it's just beyond my pay grade, right. but I think to sort of... And, I, and well, and I, here's my point. The, the church needs to be a place where, A, we're letting people know that admitting mental health challenges is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. Yes. And B, you don't know what you're going to need nope. in terms of care. But I've heard it said this way, that it's better to be in therapy for one year than to need it for 20. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's so good. And it's like, man, that's I think that's a, that's a big deal. So, so I think in, in the church world, we just need to be careful about how we're talking about these types of challenges that actually sharing that you need help. Like nobody looks at a guy to go back to the broken leg example. If somebody walked through our lobby with their bone protruding out of their yes. leg and thought, no, 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 I got this. I'm fine. I wouldn't be saying, wow, that guy's so tough. Nope. Like that. Does he know 21st century? Yes. Like we have treatment for that. Yes. Right. And, and, and my fear is because it's easier to hide mental health. Yes. I fear too many of us are walking around with broken legs. Uh, that that's for sure. So let me let me give you some uh, and, and all of our listeners and viewers um, just some some background about some of this this medication stuff. So one of the stigmas I think personally is that we have seen people that we have deemed weak in the past, and then we find out they're on medication, and so we associate medication with weakness, and we yeah, go, well, that I don't want to be like that person, whatever that is. Well, first of all. Uh, shame on you for your judgment um, of that person because it's possible they were suffering for something far more serious than they even knew. Yeah. Um, but I, I think also we have seen some some negative things about medication. There's some yep. people that don't take medication because of side effects. Sure. I'm going to tell you right now, there are side effects to every medication. Yes. Um, once again, there's certain medications that you can take and they damage your liver. There's certain yep. things. If I didn't have to take medication, I wouldn't want to take medication. And so I have a rule for me, and this is not for everybody, but I do think it's a it's a healthy 
way to maybe think about it is I take the proper amount of meds for me, mm-hmm. meaning I don't over-medicate. Yeah. I still want to feel the symptoms so I can make healthy life changes, yeah. right? I don't, I don't mask. I'm not looking to mask all my problems. Right. What I'm trying to do is give myself a shot at yeah. being able to have a healthy life. Yeah. So in that, I understand there are some side effects or some other things, and we need to understand that when you were talking about there's some things that are temporary and some things that are chronic. Yeah. So it depends on your level of what you can compensate for. So, for example, let's say that your body can compensate for low mood. It can compensate for being scared. It can compensate for generalized anxiety, but it yeah. can't. It does not have the ability to compensate for panic. Hmm. Well, how often do you get panicky? Well, there's certain seasons in life that the intensity, the stress demands are so high in that season. Yeah, You need help through the season and then it goes away. Yeah, That's that beautiful temporary relief where you go, I have it, my body starts regulating, and then I let go of it again. Right. Okay, praise God. Wonderful. Yes, that is probably going to be the majority. Yeah. There are some of us that are chronic, yeah. Where it, the 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 valleys are so consistent yeah. throughout decades that y- you have to stay on medicate. You can't go on and off. Right. These types of medications, like things like SRI, serotonin reuptake inhibitors, these are used to treat both depression and anxiety. You have to ramp up slowly, yeah. and you have to ramp down slowly. Otherwise, you're going to screw up your body. But I do want to say that. The other thing that we wrestle with is we see some people that just have unhealthy habit patterns and they medicate. Yeah. And you go, whoa, 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 I can see from out here you're creating an awful lot of your problem because of your life choices. Yeah. And so we think those people need to grow up. Mm-hmm. And so if we need help, maybe we have to grow up. Can we just please say that, as you said a million times, there's a whole spectrum. Yep. And this continuum of mild too severe. Yeah. And so as you're going through that, are we still supposed to be held accountable for our habit patterns? How do we think and keep our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ? How do right. we lean into that? All that is true. Are there people that abuse it? Yes. Now, more recently, um, we have seen that uh, OxyContin, yeah. right? That uh, Purdue Pharma is going to be uh, declaring bankruptcy because of the amount of... Um, Lawsuits, lawsuits yeah. that are coming against them. The idea, if you remember, it got very popular when Rush Limbaugh was uh, revealed that he was addicted to OxyContin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a pain med, and and it's and then it can also create. It's like using a med for not what it's meant for. Right. It, it was meant to help with pain reduction, but then there's a certain euphoric feeling if you take extra amounts, mm-hmm. and so then it becomes basically a street drug that's being prescribed. Yep. Well. Everyone says this is now a national emergency of the opioid epidemic. Yeah. Well, once again, there are rules to medication. Yeah. And anything that God meant for a blessing can be turned into a curse by misuse. Yeah. So once again, believers are always held accountable. Yeah. For appropriate management. Right. And even in your own use of medication, yes. you're under a doctor's care. Absolutely. You've got a professional who is prescribed. You're not just sort of, it's not just you making these decisions. Nope. Right. Uh, and that's obviously an important part of mental health care, much like physical health care, is that we're taking medication that has been prescribed to us that's by right. a competent professional who knows or who knows to the best of their knowledge that the benefit we'll get from the, the medication will uh, outweigh the the 
negatives of the side effects and and, and things like that. The other problem that I think that masks some of this is that what we struggle with, those that are struggling with mental health, is it's an extreme form of something that everyone struggles with. Hmm. So, So, for example, if I deal with panic disorder, everybody gets panicky sometimes. Everybody uh, gets nervous and scared, but it's an extreme form. Same thing with depression. Everybody deals with low moods. And so you go, I've been through low moods before. That must be the same thing that Pastor Jared was going through. That is incorrect. You have vastly different experiences of the level of darkness and despair. You have vastly different experiences of... um, irrationality versus something that you can control. You go, well, I was down for a period of my life when my boyfriend or girlfriend left me and I got out of it. Sure. Okay, you're talking about normal human condition. Right. And that makes it a little messy Yeah, because people see the extreme. They assume everyone's going through the same stuff and they're going, "You, I handled it, you should too. Yeah. Whoa, very different reality. Very, very different reality, absolutely. And man, so, so dangerous to take our own personal experience and try to generalize it as if, oh, I know exactly what you're feeling. Here's right. exactly how you get through it. I mean, there's there's this sort of fine line between empathy of like, man, I can, I can relate to your struggle a little bit and projection where it's like, oh, yours is exactly like mine. Therefore, if you just do X, Y, and Z, yep. you'll be fine. Yes, because I did it. Right, exactly. Um, okay, now the focus of this episode is primarily on the general population and I want to yes. keep it that way. Yep. But I... I do want to ask just one question. Uh, from your perspective, Lance, what do, what do people need to understand about Christian leaders especially? Because yeah. this is becoming uh, a more higher profile challenge within the leadership community. Yes. What do people need to understand about Christian leaders and the mental health challenges that they face? Well, the first thing is it is, is it, it is exposing this underlying assumption that we just referred to, which is what? If I was a better Christian— I would be able to overcome everything. Yeah. So when a leader who is allegedly further down the road, when a leader who is allegedly more spiritually mature struggles, yeah. people don't know what to do. Because if indeed that false assumption is true, yeah. then those that are further down the road should have victory. Yeah. And then they don't. And you right. go, oh, shoot, if they don't, then maybe my assumption is false. Maybe... That can't be. And so you then put them into some bad category. Yeah. Um, so with leaders, whether or not it is a matter of putting uh, leaders on a pedestal of saying, you're telling me how to live, you ought to live perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, you say that you're heavily connected to Jesus, so he should heal you of everything. Yeah. Um, we have all these very, very odd foundational beliefs yeah. about leadership. So when they struggle, we're not quite sure what to do. Right. But the problem is, is some of the leaders are buying into it too. Hmm. Yeah. And what that means is, is I'll tell you, as a pastor, there are certain things I can talk about and certain things I cannot talk about yep. to people yep. and in front of my congregation. Yep. There are certain sins I can admit to. There are certain sins that I cannot mm-hmm. because some are acceptable in, uh, church culture. Some are not acceptable. I have no problem uh, referring to struggles with gluttony Mm -hmm. um, because it's socially acceptable, 
but I have a serious problem. Let's say if I was struggling with anger, mm-hmm. then people go, well, that's bad, yep. but the gluttony's fine. Yep. So in the same way, what it does when leaders struggle, they go dark, they go underneath. Yep. You have to have somewhere to deal with it. And almost always you have to create a secret life to deal with it. And people can never fully know how broken you really are. Yeah. And, and that just, that is, that's not a long-term success plan. Right there, it, the secret, the secret life. Yes, it almost element. always fails. Right, it almost always ends. Yes, ends very, very badly. It ends badly. And you're a, yeah. you're a leader, so talk yeah. to me a little bit from your perspective on this. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that the pressures he, here here in the last you know however long I've been at Bridgeway, almost seven years. I mean, right. certainly the most high profile environment I've ever been in. Which on some level right. that's true for you too. I mean, you just sure. you've just been here for you know a quite a bit longer. And 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 I think it's been interesting, sort of going through that transition in my life where I was a pastor before this and people knew me as a pastor and everything else, but it was in some smaller environments and in lesser roles and and whatever else is, is just coming to grips with kind of this like, wow, people think I'm somebody sort of mentality, which is a little bit, how do I live up to it? And yeah. And, and I think a a couple of things that, that on the one hand, like I know who I am and I know who I'm not. Yep. And I know I'm this pretty, I mean, you know, a little older, hopefully a little more mature. Hopefully the rough edge is a little bit kind of sanded down a little bit. But for the most part, I'm the same guy I was when I showed up here. You know yes. what I'm saying? And on some, you're the same person too. Praise God. And, and because you have a platform that doesn't make you invincible, right. that doesn't mean you're any better than anybody else. Yep. It doesn't mean that you have to have this perfect life. I mean, I, I joke with people all the time. I say... I say, listen, if you followed me around for a few days, especially outside of outside of work, you're not going to find anything that horrifies you. But what you are going to find is like, wow, his life is shockingly average. He does things like grocery shop and clean the kitchen and play games with his kids and I just and chat with his neighbors like that's just I'm just like I'm just kind of me, you know. Yeah. And it's been interesting being in a place like Bridgeway, where 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 I have a, a larger platform than I ever have. It has really helped me change the way I think about other leaders, yes. especially sort of the you know as uh, as our friend down the street Ray Johnston likes to say, the Christian big shots. Yes. And and I look at these men and women who have humongous platforms, and I admire them. I learn from them. I always want to learn from anybody. Yes. But I'm not envious of them. Uh, no. Because, first of all, I recognize that for every bit of criticism I'm getting, they're yes. getting a thousand. A- absolutely. And to know that at the end of the day, when the lights turn off, they're just people. Yes. They're just people. They have a life and a family and struggles and issues and all of that. So, like, it's just it, life's not perfect if you're, yeah. if you're, if you're a leader. And, and I think that... Thankfully, I think we're sort of coming out of a stage or a, sort of a, a cultural season where people expected perfection out of their right. their Christian leaders, especially. And now we're moving into a place where authenticity is more valued. Yes. And 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 once again, you see the response to posts about mental health and things yep. like that. That you see that we're not looking for perfection anymore. We're looking for what's real. Yes. And and then I think even just with my own mental health struggles and, and, and then we'll, we'll get on to something else is just, I've never been treated for anything. I've never taken medication. Right. I have a family history of depression mm-hmm. and I've probably for the last 10 years have had some times where I just sort of get down, yes. you know, and I've never thought about self-harm. I'm not mm-hmm. a risk of that or, or anything. And I certainly right. would take it ser- very, very seriously if I thought that was a, a risk at all. Absolutely. But 
it was interesting to me as I sort of caught my initial reaction to that, which was, no, 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 Brian, Brian, no, you help people. Right. You don't need help. You don't need help. Or the, oh, you've got a great life. Why are you sad? Yes. You know, and having to try to talk myself out of it. Yes. And, oh, you know, how can you get up in front and and lead people and talk about the joy of the Lord and everything else when you've got this like irrational sadness? And like, (laughs) I'll just tell you something silly. I've learned this about myself. You want to know when like sad moments come the worst Mm. at the grocery store. Why? Here's my theory. I don't know if it's accurate or okay. not, but here's my theory. I, yeah. And I, cause I don't like, I don't, I don't mind, know this theory. Like, I don't mind grocery shopping. Okay. But you know me, I have a very active mind. I yes. like to, I'm just spinning on things all the time and you know, you're this way too. And yes. so we can relate to each other in that sense. And, and I love having things to focus on and think about. And I like sort of things that are a little bit more intense and engaging and all of that. And I think, and I'm constantly like listening to podcasts or sermons or music or whatever, when I'm just out and about doing things or have the TV on when I'm doing the dishes. Like I'm always sort of distracted, I guess you could say. I think grocery shopping requires enough mental energy that I can't also do something else. Right. But not enough to like fully (laughs) capture my mind. (laughs) So if you see me in the produce department and I'm just looking bummed out, I'm having a moment there. And, and it's, it's, and you know, I make a joke of it and it's sort of silly and I kind of know to expect it now, but but and it happens other places too. But but here's my point, especially for those who who maybe would relate to that a little bit of like, man, I have this sort of irrational sadness. First of all, pay close attention to that, and maybe you do need to seek treatment. So don't. Right. This is not medical advice that I'm giving right here. But I think part of my own maturity and recognizing my own just challenges is allowing myself to feel that emotion, yeah. and not try to talk myself out of it. We run away a lot. Totally. We numb out a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just to get to the place where it's like, yeah. I'm just down right I'm now. I'm down. I don't feel good. Yep. And and the thing, I think the way that I carry myself, like I don't think it's super noticeable nope. when I'm in that space. And I don't really want it to be. Sure. Uh, and, and how much You're of that is to get attention? Yeah. How much of that is healthy, and how much of that is not? Uh, I'm not really sure. Yeah. But but I don't really want it to be noticeable. Uh, but to sort of non-judgmentally allow myself to feel what I'm feeling, I, I think is important. And that's just a message I want to communicate to yes. others. Is when it gets to this place. I mean, you talked about irrationality at the start of the show. We have to recognize that a lot of mental health is irrational. It is. And it just is that way. Yeah. So you can't talk. I can give myself the, wow, you've got a great you know, wife and kids, a great family, wonderful yep. place to live, great community. You get to do all this fun stuff. I can give myself that speech a hundred times. It yes. doesn't really help that much yes. when I'm in a dark spot. So I just have to let myself feel it. Yes. And then it goes away. No, that's so good. You can't, you can't talk yourself out of schizophrenia. Right. Um, so I want to go back in and talk a little bit more about depression. Yes. Um, but I do want to highlight one thing about celebrity and people that are in the limelight. Um, understanding that usually people that are in the limelight have a job, and a job got them there. Yep. And, and what I mean by that is there is actor. There's actors that are just as good as Brad Pitt, but yep. they haven't been hired yet. Yep. And then the minute they're hired, doesn't automatically make them a different person because they signed a contract. Totally. Um, uh, there are people that are gifted for the ministry, but they're not in the ministry yet. But one day they may well have somebody call them up and say, would you like to be in the ministry? Suddenly they're a pastor that did not change anything from Wednesday to Thursday. Yep. They just now have a new role. Yep. And so we got to be careful on celebrity that just because someone became popular did not change the inside of them. Yep. And they're the exact same as if they were not a celebrity totally. or not. And so it's hard for people to understand that. Yeah. Um, so I want to I want to give, as you were taking us into this route, I want to give uh, a, a decent amount of time 
to not just focus on anxiety, but depression. Yeah. Depression is, um, in, in many senses, even more, uh, uh, out there, yes. right? Than even anxiety. And so I want to talk about depression for a moment because that is equally misunderstood. Yeah. Once again, going back to the idea of, well, I have been bummed out, so, but it goes away. Right. Okay. Then you're not talking about depression. You're talking about simply low mood. You're talking yes. about uh, periodic um, blues, yeah. right? Well, I'm just feeling a little bit blue today. Yeah. Um, also, if it can be attached to a situation. Yeah. I just lost my job. I'm feeling down about myself. Okay, that is all human, right. normal. Human beings get down. Yes. That is not what we're talking about when we talk about depression. Yes. Depression is where you start to cross over into the irrationality that we were talking about. Right. Where all of a sudden you can't get out of the place. Yep. You can't. Circumstances don't lift you out of the place. Yeah. And so you start going, oh my gosh. I'm stuck and I don't know where to go. Right. The the idea of suicide, which as much as I was honoring Pastor Jared, I'm not going to highlight and honor suicide right. um, because I believe that um, that we have a certain stewardship responsibility before the Lord. Um, but I my heart does go out to those that struggle with suicidal thoughts. Why? Because you go, well, you should be able to think about the goodness of God. You should be able to think about, you know what I mean? Should, That's should, not should, should, should. how it works. <laughs> yeah. And and the idea of suicidal thoughts is irrationality. It's violating the very number one core God put into the human body, which is self-preservation. It's violating everything in your system. Yep. And that shows the level of depression, darkness, despair, stuff like that. Yeah. It's not just a normal, I don't feel happy about my life. Right. So I, I just want to create some room for people to live right. that struggle with depression. You go, well, that is not what the Lord says. You know what? The Lord called us human yeah. and we're just broken. Yeah. And that doesn't make you a bad Christian. Yeah. Are there things that we can do to help ourselves? Yes. Am I constantly monitoring and managing my life? Yeah. All the time, 24 hours a day. Do you have to put all the work in? Yeah, you do. But you can put every bit of work in and still struggle. Yep. That's not failure. Right. That's stewardship. That's just, that's that's being human, like you said. And it, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. And I think it's, on the one hand, I always want to make sure I'm a safe person. And I want to make sure our church is a safe place right, right. for those who are depressed and are struggling in this manner to feel like they can talk to somebody and not be judged and instead yes. compassion, empathy, resourcing, yes. treatment. And I will hold people accountable for good stewardship. Sure. Absolutely. I, I'm not going to enable. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and I, and, and, you know, you see these, you know, posts online and all this other stuff like, man, if you're, if you're hurting, come talk to me or, or whatever the case may be. And I think it's wonderful that people are sharing those things. Yes. I also saw someone share something that was a while ago after I, you know, I think sadly, just another one of these, these types of stories where somebody who themselves struggled with depression and they said, and this has haunted me ever since I read it. He said, I think it's great that all of you are saying, Hey, come talk to me if you're struggling, but here's what you have to understand about depression is depression gets you to the place where you can't go talk to somebody. Oh, about totally. It. And it's just it's, like, dang, like it's that is scary, intense. isolating. And, and, and that's almost to me, I mean, we talk about community so much here at Bridgeway and, and, and uh, lots of churches do and lots of places do to me that just highlights the importance of 
community in the sense that we have people that know us well enough to come to us. Uh, you know, you talked about how you had people text you and check in on you when this yep. story broke. Yes. You know? And we need that so much. And I, and I think we don't need to each carry that as a burden of like all of a sudden it's my responsibility to check in on everybody all the time. But to me, it just raises the important raises the importance of being in each other's lives so that we're aware, like so that yes. people know about you know my own mental health challenges or things like that. So if they feel the need to check on me, they can. Uh, and then same with you, and, and same with any number of others. And so I think we just need to be acknowledging that, that like there's there's more that we can do than just kind of share with the world, hey, you can come talk to me, which is great. I'm not, it is hate, I'm not yeah. hating on that by any means, but it's almost like we need to go a step further and make sure, especially, and I think even for those who have struggles with depression yeah. to say, okay, in my good moments, I need to seek out healthy community where I can share with people who are, who understand mental health and aren't going to judge me for it. And so that I know I have a support system when I need it. Okay. But you hit on a super critical piece. You manage it during the good times. Yeah. In the really, really bad times, you're just hanging on. Yep. Um, and those are the times that you can't get out of your house. Those are the times you're not going to call anybody because it's so bad, yeah. whether that's on anxiety or depression. But you manage it during the good times. Human bodies have an ability to go through cycles. They have an ability to go uh, highs and lows. Yeah. It is during the peaceful times that you build community, so it's there when it's difficult. Yes. It's during the good times that you go into therapy when you go to see the doctor. Because during the most difficult times, you may not feel like you can. Yep. And so that leads me to one last thought that I had on um, on this particular piece, which is therapy. Yes. Um, I, uh, through different seasons of my life, throughout my whole life, I've had access to therapy. Mm-hmm. And uh, being able to have a counselor, which I think, quite frankly are the coolest people in the world. And I wish Amen. everybody had one all the time. <laughs> because here's why. You're basically paying for a brilliant friend. Um, it, that you can make it all about you. Money, right? You don't ever well have to you don't have to worry about stopping and asking the therapist. <laughs> and how is it going for you? You know how we all have sometimes those times where we come out of a conversation and go, I think I talked about myself a little bit too much. <laughs> You can do that 100% with a therapist. That's like the whole point. It's yeah. the whole point. You can be as selfish as you want to be in that therapy appointment. They're there for you. So what it is, is it's rare that you're going to go into a therapist and they're going to have this brilliant mind-altering insight. Almost always, therapy is the process of somebody relatively healthy walking you through self-discovery. Yeah. You're solving a bunch of stuff as you're talking it out. Yeah. And so you go, well, I don't want to go to a therapist because they're not going to be smart enough and blah, blah. Okay, are you smart enough? <laughs> Great. If you think everyone else is stupid, maybe you're the smart one. <laughs> and if you go into therapy and they're bringing it out of you, you're yeah. solving it with the Lord. Yes. And so there's there's awareness things. There's getting the pieces of puzzle out on the table so you can rearrange them. I just want to encourage that... Uh, historically, not so much now, but historically, there was this kind of animosity from the church, and I think we've talked about this on a, on a previous podcast, but there's been an animosity towards the mental health professionals, the therapists, the counselors, the psychiatrists. Yeah. And, and once again, I want to constantly sow peace into that. I want to sow health into that and say, man, if you can go be with a Christian therapist, counselor, psychiatrist, and you get time with them, man, that is gold. Yeah. You want to... It's because so many of us in society today don't have proper support and social structures. Yeah. We desperately need someone 
to talk to. And until we build a robust system of family around us, spiritual family, yeah, man, we need some supplements. Right. And sometimes those have got to be in the hands of the professionals. Right. Yes, absolutely. And and much like we need to eliminate the stigma for medication, yeah. you got to eliminate the stigma stigma for therapy because, like you said, it is so valuable. And I, you know, I, I realized I said a moment ago I've never been to therapy. That's actually not true. I've not been in consistent therapy. Oh, okay. But yeah. I have gone to see a therapist on a few occasions. And yeah. you're right; it is very helpful in terms helpful. of just having somebody ask you good questions so that you can sort of talk yes. through uh, talk through your stuff. Now, kind of la- last element I wanna I wanna get to here is. Is we've talked a lot about medication. We've talked we've talked some about therapy, and we've talked about the need for openness to professional mental health right. treatment. In the same way that we would we are open to physical health treatment by medical doctors. Yes. Now, uh, but you've also referenced on a number of occasions, uh, sort of accountability and taking care of yourself, yeah. and sort of steps that we can take in the same manner that there are things we can do to protect our physical health. Yeah. I, I wonder if maybe we can kind of close out here by sharing a little bit about as we have unique struggles as two unique individuals, but who have some level of familiarity with mental health challenges. What are the things, and we'll start with you, what are the things that you do and that you know you have to do if you are going to give yourself the best shot at remaining mentally strong? And just as as a quick uh, disclaimer to this is just that we're not suggesting these things in lieu of. Right of professional care. We're just saying these are things you can do alongside professional care to give yourself the best shot. So go ahead. Well, I do. I believe in high accountability. I believe in high responsibility that we need to steward our bodies well, which means that you do have to put in the effort. So for me, uh, because I deal on the anxiety side, I have to watch my stimulus. Mm -hmm. I have to watch what's going into my body. So, for example, uh, a lot of my anxiety times throughout history are, are much stronger at night. Okay. Than they are in the morning. So mm-hmm. I wake up a bit more um, strong and I go to sleep a little bit more anxious. So okay. I have to be careful on what I watch before I go to bed and what I put in my body. So if I have a lot of sugar, mm-hmm. it will start to tick and make my body spin a little faster. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't have caffeine. So, for example, we were just talking about uh, coffee this morning. I just had one of the guys here on staff make me uh, coffee and it, it's decaf i mean i just i have to have decaf what's the point of that i know totally <laughs> i know it's a ruining thing just kidding he makes really good I just, coffee yes so even i just decaf. i crave dirty bean water <laughs> and uh just the taste of it so but the idea is i can't have a lot of stimulus coming in me the other thing is yeah. i can't have a lot of anxious material coming at me during certain seasons of my life mm-hmm. there are times that i have to shut down my news feed yeah. there are times that i have to back away there's certain movies i can't watch there's yeah. certain uh the t- tv shows and certain seasons i can't watch because they're a trigger for me yeah. uh one of my big things where my uh my anxiety and irrational fear manifests is in a hypochondriac sense mm-hmm. well i can't watch certain medical shows because they're constantly introducing medical problems. And I go, that's not good for me. Mm -hmm. So first of all, it's the limiting what is going into your body. Mm -hmm. The other thing is about ordering your mind. And that's why I wrote the second book, right? Um, Which is the master's mind. And it's the art of reshaping your thoughts. And it's this concept of, I have as much as we have to clean up our room on the outside, we have to keep a pretty tight ship on the inside or else things just get sketchy really fast. And they certainly do with those of us that are, that are not fully healthy because of chemical imbalance. So 
I love the phrase that you used, which is what I use all the time, which is give yourself the best shot. Doing all the right things doesn't mean it goes away. You're giving yourself the best ability to stand up against insurmountable odds, but you're still being stronger. So this is a matter of I have to be able to talk about certain things, so I have to get it out of my chest. It's almost like, how do you process grief? You tell the story till it's boring. Mm-hmm. Like, there's ways to get it out. So I have to communicate out. I have to have relationship. I have to have support network. I have to have people that understand. I have to watch my stimulus. I have to watch my, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I have all these things, diet, exercise, everything is working in concert with one another to give me the best shot. Yeah. But I still struggle. Yeah. But I would struggle far worse if I did not. So I do. I hold people, and that's on top of medication and therapy. So I I really believe that all of us can do a lot more than we're doing right now. Yeah. And we can't allow simply pills to fix it all because they're not going to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, that's really good. I I think in, in my world, Certainly, I would agree with you in terms of. I mean, I, I talk about this all the time. I think it's so important watching our watching our influences. Sure, and yeah. it's it's sort of the sort of classic Christian perspective of like don't watch or listen to quote unquote bad things, and uh, you know super super violent or sexualized or whatever the case may be, and, and that's all well and good. Yes. Um, but I think also we have to recognize that we're all built differently, and different yes. things are going to affect us in different ways. And sort of like what you said about medical shows, which I'm first of all exactly the same way like mm. zero interest in watching some like super sad gory medical show yes because uh, it messes me up it's like i'm the son of a physician and i'm like totally freaked out by hospitals <laughs> but so figure that one out but um i think to watch your influences to recognize okay is it wrong for my wife to watch medical shows no. absolutely not no. but i know that it takes me to a, yes. a dark place so well, and I nobody would not. say watching the news is bad right but it's bad for me right Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. I, uh, you know, I, I, I really try to minimize my engagement with social media. I'll post things from time to time, but it's like, like my Twitter feed used to be pretty much all uh, sports people, Christian leaders, and journalists. Because you know, I love the news media, and right. I'm an active follower of those things. And I found I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Not because what the people in the news media were saying was bad, because it 98% of the time wasn't. Right. But it's almost like. Even having to read them having to say the things that they had to say agitated me, right? Or there was a show I used to watch all the time where the host of the show, it's a daily show, it's on five days a week, would basically he's making fun of all the bad guys in the world. Yes. And I found myself getting frustrated at how bad the bad guys were. Yes. So I couldn't even enjoy the show. I'd stop watching it. Yeah. So I, I think that whatever it is for, I think first to have the self awareness. Yes. To know, okay, what is affecting me? Yes. And how, how can I eliminate or minimize those things in my life? Uh, now, I recognize it's one thing to be like, oh, I'm not, 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 not going to watch that TV show. It's another thing to say, my children are what's triggering all of this in me. <laughs> right. That can be a bit more complicated. Yes. So, so I don't mean to say it's always simple. I think one other thing for me that's been helpful is re- have it kind of coming to my little grocery store epiphany of like, mm-hmm. I get, man, gosh, maybe I, I, don't, I don't like to be quiet in my own thoughts, you know, right. and even things like, like I've always had trouble sleeping my whole life because I lay down to sleep and my mind just goes like, yes, that was a good I'm the time. Same way. Now's a good time to rehash the whole day and have a bunch of imaginary conversations. Um, but I think recognizing my own discomfort with quiet and trying to kind of lean into that a little bit. So I'm not going to sit here and 
make it sound like I do this every day because I don't, but trying to as often as possible take 10 minutes, 15 minutes, short periods of time to just sit and be quiet and be present to God. Yep. So I'm, you know, I I mean, some, some, some would call this contemplative prayer, Yep. but so I'm present to God, but I'm not going through a prayer list. I'm listening. God, is there anything you want to speak to me in this time? But it's like, okay, the phone's down. It's away. I have a timer set. So I'm not constantly checking my watch and I just know when it dings it, it then, you know, maybe I'm done. I'll move on with my day, but trying to build into myself slowly, the discipline of quiet so I can learn to be comfortable in that space yep. has been has been helpful for That's me. That's super smart. Um, and then just basic things like I mean, there's tons of research to show that exercise helps when you're right. when you're when you're down. I mean, again, not a cure, but it gives yes. you the best shot. So just trying to I'm taking my physical health a little bit more seriously. That's not smart. not necessarily I mean, the physical benefits are great, but also for the for the mental health benefits. Yes. And then just, you know, the habits of relationships and community and recognizing what fills me up, what gets me going, what makes me happy. I want to lean into those things as best I can, right. recognizing you can't always do it. So influences, yeah. self-care, they're a big deal. So good. One last uh, self-care thing that I want to encourage everybody about is that if you struggle with depression, I'll tell you one thing that doesn't always tend to be your friend is Facebook. And yes. um, Because what happens is there's a normal human tendency to compare. And when you're feeling down and everyone else is doing good, it's like being alone at a party. There's a darkness that settles in. And so there may be seasons you got to go ahead and shut off the Facebook feed that you go, I'm really struggling right now. I don't feel great about my life. I don't feel great about myself because of either irrational thoughts or bad habit patterns. But what I can't do is look at everybody's highlight reel. Totally. This is not a good season for me, so I have to shut it off, whatever that is. So anyway, I just want to encourage, because it doesn't necessarily trigger a lot of anxiety things, but boy, it really plays on people that struggle with depression. Totally. And if, yeah, if you're not in a place where you can celebrate other people and be happy for other people, which we're just not in that place all the time. Nope. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Social media, especially Facebook and Instagram, probably not a great place to hang out. So, uh, all right. Well, uh, thank you, Lance, for the time today. Thank you to those of you who are listening. We want you to know, we understand that there are so many of us, including Lance and I, who are struggling in different ways and to different degrees with mental health challenges. And it's important for uh, for you to know that we at Bridgeway understand the reality of those things, that Bridgeway is a safe place for you, that we want to, as much as we can, be a resource for you to help you get the care that you need so that you can be healthy. So hope that this conversation, if you are someone that struggles, was helpful to you and maybe there's an action step for you to take in terms of pursuing resources and care. If you're not someone who struggles, we hope that this episode was helpful just in increasing your empathy for those around you who do struggle uh, so that you can be a resource to them in providing community. So for all of you, thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being back with you again in two weeks for another episode of Engaging Culture. Thank you for listening to Engaging Culture, a podcast by Bridgeway Christian Church. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening.